2: Welcome back to CBS Ion on Veterans. I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs. And we're talking about an uncomfortable reality that so many veterans know about. And it's one that can't be talked about enough. And while September may be National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, we here want to extend that all year long. So anytime I can talk to somebody that's doing great things, For our veterans in this space, it's my honor to do so. And Patrick Griffith joins us today as the director of Mission Roll Call, a nonpartisan organization that is the voice for veterans. And as a U.S. Army veteran who served in Afghanistan as an EOD tech, he's recently called on legislators and everyday Americans to do more for veterans. So, Patrick,
1: how are you? I'm doing all right, Phil. Thanks for having me.
2: Indeed, brother. And I can't agree with you more. Legislators and everyday Americans need to do more. U.S. veterans who served post 9-11, while the likelihood of suicide is four times as high as combat deaths. And that's one that just gets me right in the heart. And I want to throw it to you right now and say um, this is a real urgent need because of all this news that you and I have talked about before.
1: Yeah, Phil, it's a it's an epidemic right now. Um, our brothers and sisters who served are taking their lives at a rate higher than at any other point in time in military service. And um, like you just said, the 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 suicide rate is is far higher than the combat death rates. Uh, and we really need to do everything that we possibly can as a country to rally around our veterans and get ahead of something um that frankly we should have already been ahead of.
2: Let's first talk about some of the factors that are pulled right from today's headlines. What is it that you're seeing that's contributing to this right here every day?
1: The withdrawal from Afghanistan really brought about a lot of emotions and and moral injuries for folks. And um, I believe that the the VA is inundated um, and just can't handle the influx of people that are coming in right now. Honestly, I think veterans feel like they may be being left behind a little bit. Um, it's not up to par right now for what it needs to offer for services for veterans who are dealing with issues that may lead to end up them taking their own lives.
2: And your personal thoughts, if I may, just on not necessarily the who, what, where, when and why of the Afghan withdrawal, but maybe that second, third order effect. Has it touched you personally? Do you know guys that, that served with you? Uh,
1: yeah, I was uh, I was heavily affected by the withdrawal i, I remember uh, i was on a project in alaska and i was filming up there with a uh with a, another veteran and uh, i hadn't really paid attention too much to the news and when it got done with the project i took a little time to start reading what was going on and i, I had a, a visceral breakdown of um an overwhelming feeling of everything that i had done in my service what was it or what was it worth um i've had experiences in my family where my brother-in-law who is in the ranger regiment he lost both his legs on a on a mission um and they also lost four military folks that day along with uh with a bomb dog and um i have friends that have taken their own lives due to the experiences that they've had uh, and and lack of care that they received when they returned and that wave of emotion came quick and heavy and uh it it brought me to my knees and um truth be told like i was pretty teary-eyed for a long time um and then I, uh, I processed through that and I realized that, um, what the American military did while we were over there was, was very good because we, we helped children go to school without the threats of roadside bombs or being attacked while they were going to school. We helped bring a semblance of peace on the ground. And it, it's just um, it was a wave of emotions that that came over myself. And a lot of my buddies, if we're being honest, I received hundreds of text messages and phone calls to say, hey, how are you feeling right now? And I think that um, it's very good, uh, cathartic in the experience to reach out to to one another and say, how are you doing right now?
2: And I'm so glad to hear that you guys are reaching out to each other and that you're having each other's back because the news cycle, you know, it's just meant to be salacious and filled with supercharged emotions. And it's not meant to make anybody feel good. If anything, it serves to make people feel worse. So to know that you guys got each other's six, um, you know, that's, that's the way we got to do it. And we're going to get to more of that in just a second, uh, real quick, just as a note that I normally start with, but i want to insert this here in the middle, your background, um, you really did see and you really were in places where combat was real and the impact of all of our policy decisions was just in your face. Talk to me about a little bit about your experience as an EOD tech, what that is and where you were.
1: Yeah, so uh, Explosive Ordnance Disposal Technician, uh, our job is to go out and remove munitions and IEDs from the ground to give freedom of movement to coalition forces and also um, make sure that the people that we are out there to protect and win over with hearts and minds can have freedom of movement as well. Um, at at the end of the day, our job is, um, it's very unique in the fact that we walk down solo to take care of something that could be so dangerous, uh, but can have such a good experience of once that's removed, so much can happen inside of a town. Imagine an, an area, um, where you're scared to send your kids to school because they may step on something and not come home that day. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a terrifying experience. And what we did out on the ground is get rid of all those things so that we could make sure that folks could go to school or to the bazaar or to wherever they need to go so that they can live some semblance of a normal life while we were in the middle of such, such a bizarre experience.
2: So good. And of the few of you I've met in my course, not only through the military, but in interviewing veterans, I always, uh, you know, Reminds you guys, you're crazy. What What on earth would make you pick that MOS? People didn't question why I picked journalism because they were going to hand me a camera, a notepad, and a you know a pen. Um, you got to be you got to be kind of nuts, man, to want to go look for bombs, man. That is awesome, and I'm glad you did it.
1: Well, thanks, Phil. I, I think everybody has a, a unique story and experience and how they end up in that career field, but um, it's who they are at the core of human beings. And I think we pride ourselves on on being able to stand up and say. Everyone else is running away from the situation, and we're gearing up to walk down there by ourselves.
2: Yeah, what's that famous phrase? Uh, I hear it from Paul Reichoff over at IABA a lot, but uh, look for the helpers, right? I think it's a I think it's a phrase he took from Mister Rogers, but but yeah. <laughs> find the helpers. And you guys most certainly were the helpers. Your help continues with Mission Roll Call, the organization we talked about that you're leading, um, and that you're right now challenging everybody to find help to find a way to to stop this trend of suicide deaths among the veteran community? And first, tell me about what Mission Roll Call does, and then we'll dial into what you're calling for in order to treat the veteran suicide epidemic.
1: Yeah. So our top priority is to end the veteran suicide epidemic. And then following along those priorities are getting easy access for veterans to access to healthcare. And then Third priority in line of that is access to healthcare for tribal and rural veterans. Uh, we believe that if we can get tribal and rural veterans who have to go such a long distance to get access to healthcare, if we can solve that issue right there, that we can solve the issue of access to health care abroad through the entire country. It's it's easy to walk down and, and, and like in Atlanta, I have multiple VA clinics that I can go to on outpatient facilities, but um, we've gone to places like Navajo Nation or up in the Gwich'in Villages in Alaska. Um, guys and girls are traveling hundreds of miles and hours to get access to health care. And, and sometimes they get to these appointments and told that the appointments are canceled, have to turn around and go home. Um, that just adds fuel to the fire into a situation where it might not turn out and have the best benefit for the veteran mind. So at Mission Roll Call, our objectives are to end the veteran suicide uh, epidemic through Through our education, through information, and then through polling and petitioning, what we try to do is get our membership to be educated on what's going on currently on the Hill um, with laws and bills that may be going up to being passed to see if it's the benefit of the veteran or if it's benefit, honestly, for the politician to be reelected. And then what we do is we pull our membership and then we take that unbiased, unfiltered opinion straight to the policymakers and say, hey, your constituents in the ground in your congressional district that happen to be veterans are saying this about this objective that you're going after right now. So you might want to be careful about what you're saying and putting the words in the mouth of the veterans, because they may not be agreeing with you on the ground. Um, and we had a lot of success with this, with um, the bill, which was S-785, the Commander John Scott Hannon Mental Health Care Improvement Act, uh, we put out a petition and poll after our education piece to our membership, and we got over 250,000 signatures that we used then to testify on behalf of veterans in Congress to say that our veterans, uh, they need access to healthcare and they're not getting it through the VA right now. And you need to pass this bill because this bill utilizes grants to fund nonprofits and community-based care where veterans are actually going. Um, and so we were pretty proud of getting that passed out there, um, and now we're trying to get it implemented. It's the it's the thing that we found so far about um, getting these bills passed is everybody loves to high five themselves and say, hey, it got pushed across the aisle and everyone's happy that it got signed. okay now what? We have to implement it and it has to be implemented quickly because statistics are across the board, but we're losing men and women left and right to this epidemic. um, And we need to stop it now.
2: So first achievement here would be that bill you just spoke of. And now you're saying the most critical part or the next phase that needs to happen is steering those funds towards the galaxy of organizations that are out there to help.
1: And it also gets there in a timely fashion. Uh, We were also very happy and excited for the passing of the Mission Act because the Mission Act allows for veterans to seek outside care outside the VA. Um, which is an amazing, amazing thing. The issue being is it's not being implemented properly. There's no standardization across the board through VAs. I know plenty of folks who have gone in and um, walked into the VA to get an appointment and said, hey, I can't get an appointment within 30 days. Okay, I'd like to utilize the Mission Act. And the person in front of them says, okay, what do you mean? That's an issue right there. This is a law that has been passed. This is something that would benefit veterans on the ground. We need to standardize this within the VA system so that all the healthcare workers know what they can do to make sure that our veterans have access to that healthcare outside. Nothing would be worse than telling someone you can't get an appointment in 30 days and then saying, hey, I have an alternative from a bill that was passed and then say, well, we don't know how to utilize this bill that was passed. The VA really needs to step up and say, hey, we're going to start putting time windows on this and and expedite this so that when folks can't get care with inside the VA, that they can go down to a community center, they can go to a local doctor or psychiatrist or psychologist and talk to somebody before they do something crazy. Um, this is this is our mission, is is to end this better from suicide epidemic. It is taking the lives of friends that I have known, uh, and it is, has hurt a lot of people across this country um, and if we continue to make these mistakes, it's going to be continued. It's going to be very hard for the country to continue to get men and women to grace the right hand and say, I'd like to serve if we're not taking care of them after their service services ended.
2: Are we saying that the VA, as it stands today, incapable of handling all the mental health issues and we need to quickly empower this constellation or this galaxy of other small groups to get out there and be fielding calls from today forward?
1: I think the VA does the best that it possibly can. And I've had an array of experiences within the VA from ranging from amazing to not so amazing. Um, and I I think that the people within the VA who work there, um, truly want to help as many veterans as we can, but it is a giant bureaucratic ship. So once something gets passed and we're trying to implement it across the board, you're, you're talking about, you know, trying to do a U-turn with a destroyer. It's just not going to happen. Um, it's going to take some time. So. So they've done the right thing. They've put out laws like the Mission Act to, and uh, the, the Bill 785 to say, hey, go get service in your hometowns. Go get service in your community, because the VA even realized that veterans were seeking service from someone outside of the VA. So they said, let's get these grants to these folks. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad that we, we passed these things, but let's start doing it.
2: Whose balls do we have to bust? Because we look at accountability, which is virtually non-existent with anybody from top military leaders all the way up to top bureaucrats, up to politicians. You ask your local congressperson, and they're like, "Well, we did the hard li- we did the hard work already. We've passed the bill, young man." But where the rubber meets the road, who's in charge? Like, you going to bust the VA secretary uh, McDonough's balls about this? I mean, he doesn't actually write checks. He's just. The guy in charge with the big desk in the corner office, like who's responsible to cut a damn check?
1: That's a that's a great question, Phil. Uh, truthfully, I think it comes down to um, there has to be a little bit more concern and care from the politicians above that say, hey, we, we took the time to write these bills and get these passed into law. Um, after, like you said earlier, the, the photos and the handshakes and everybody high fives each other. Now what? OK, there there can't that cannot be the end of this. It has to continue further. It has to matriculate down so that you actually see the success on the ground with the individual veterans. And if you make enough noise, they're going to hear you. Um, and at Mission Roll Call, we try to, through all legal, moral and ethical ways, rally the veterans to get our voices heard so that folks don't forget about who we are and don't forget about the sacrifices that we made and that we get the services that we've earned and deserve.
2: Amen. And while you continue to fight for the veterans in this very public way, trying to steer not only legislation, but funding towards these programs, can I ask what programs you've seen that have some incredible results?
1: Mission Roll Call works hand in hand with our partnership at America's Warrior Partnership, who has the network. And the network is a resource of community-based programs all across the United States, where if a veteran needs anything, if we're being honest, help with getting a job, help with getting access to health care things of this nature, they can just reach out, say, here's the issue that I have, and then we connect them to their hometown community. Um, I also used to work for an organization called Team Red, White, and Blue, which was a community-based nonprofit um, that helped through physical and social activity, which is essentially just getting guys and girls out of the house so that they're not isolated and they're not just by themselves and get them out to do something in, in their own community. Um, There's plenty of uh, organizations like Team Rubicon or the Warriors Alliance or the Mission Continues, which they're all bread and butter is getting veterans out and together so that we can share their experiences and that we can start with reducing the isolation factor, which ends up leading to a lot of the issues as we know.
2: Yeah, and from everything I've heard in every single interview I've ever done in this space, that is just the fundamental common denominator is reach out, talk to somebody, and then leave the house. Uh, I know that there's so many other steps and so many other things going on with Mission Roll Call. Tell me real quick where I can learn more about you guys, where I can learn more about the programs and uh, get involved.
1: Yeah. You can find out more and sign up for us at missionrollcall.org. And we are across all the social media platforms at Mission Roll Call.
2: All right. Patrick, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you for everything you've done. I still think you're a crazy SOB for wanting to go dig up those bombs and, uh, you know, IEDs, but damn glad you did it. You're one of the, you know, few in the rare breeds in the military with the testicular fortitude to do that job. And I can't thank you enough for everything you're doing for us now on the backside of your service, helping us get the VA and get Congress to get funding we need.
1: Uh, thank you, Phil. I really appreciate you having me here. And, and the last thing I would leave is um, I struggle with this for a while. Um, Folks don't want to make that phone call because they feel that may maybe a burden to someone else. But the reality is, is we served on the, the team of teams within the military, and you've been on a team since day one. No one says you have to go this alone at the end. Call somebody. Make sure that you reach out because that's it's the number one way you're gonna get help.
2: And look at that, man. Stuck the landing. Awesome.
0: Hey prime members, you can listen to ION Veterans, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey.
1: Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast